are back. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny in for Bill today, taking you up until 2 o'clock. Bill will be back on Monday to react to the draft as a whole, draft in its entirety. Hopefully we have some clarity on the weapons that are coming to Green Bay after tonight. And uh, a lot of the angst, let's say, in regards to the the Lucas Van Ness pick and not Jackson Smith and Jig, but hopefully that goes away in due time. Once the Packers draft tonight, I would love a Jalen Hyatt, Darnell Washington slash Michael Mayer duo in the second round, and then we'll see in the third. But dynamic weapons, ways to help love, which I, I agree with that argument. I, I agree with the thought that they need to help love and they need to learn about him as a quarterback. I just don't agree that they needed to do it in the first round. Like there's a reason that they traded for a second round pick. There's a reason that teams value, despite how, how horrible the third round picks have been for the Packers for the last 20 years. There's a reason that second round is still considered a quality draft selection. So when you get into the third and fourth, that, that you take flyers on guys, the second round is still pretty prime position to get guys. So I, I don't buy into the fact that it needed to happen in the first round. And even though the Packers never do it, I would be open to them going with a wide receiver in the future. If you could tell me that wide receiver is Jamar Chase. If, if you could tell me that wide receiver is a bona fide top five pick. Jackson Smith and Jigba went number 20. And he was immediately followed by a run of guys that went after. Uh, one of which I like in Zay Flowers. The others... I think or I, I just think it's a bad wide receiver class at the top. And that's why you see the run happen immediately. And the Vikings take Jordan Addison, who I will reiterate a note from earlier from Andy Herman, Andy Herman NFL on Twitter, who's great friend of show. Lucas Van Ness's athletic score, while it is uh, incredible at edge, 9.39, he is technically a better athletic profile more impressive athlete to play wide receiver than Jordan Addison is. Lucas Van Ness is 272 pounds, 100 pounds heavier than Addison, and he ran a faster 10-yard split and three-cone. And he ran a ridiculous 40. Like, Lucas Van Ness is that athlete. I I don't buy into Jordan Addison. I, I don't buy into him being a first-round pick. But he's a wide receiver, and they're valued. So that's why they went. But if these guys were so impressive and so good, then they would have cracked into the top 10. Like, it, it was a weird teams. You had a corner go 16 to the commanders. Steelers took a tackle at, at 14. The Jets took an absolute project. Let's, let's harp on that for a second. The Jets trade back to 15. They take Will McDonald, uh, Wisconsin native, by the way. But they take a project at 15, and, and a guy that is very small for the position. If they had taken Van Ness... I could have seen people come in very angry today. I could have seen that. Even though they don't need a wide receiver. Or not fan. If they had taken Smith and Jigba, excuse me. If they had taken him to bolster and help Rodgers, then he finally gets a first-round receiver. Okay, that's a great narrative. But does that really matter for the Packers? I don't think it does. It would kind of be a slap in the face, and, and it's a narrative that people would run with. But when we talk about the building of a team, is... Jackson Smith and Jigba, that amazing of a slot receiver to be worthy of a top 10 pick. And last night told us that he's not. So we'll see how good he becomes. But I think Lucas Van Ness was the correct pick there. 
I'm very happy with it. And I said this in the first hour, the board fell perfectly for Brian Gutekunst. Felix Uzoma, Kansas State, goes to the Chiefs. That's another edge guy. Nolan Smith goes to the Eagles, edge guy at 30. Miles Murphy goes to the Bengals at 28, edge guy. The rest of the edge position is mostly depleted after last night. The Packers took, well, the third guy overall behind Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson, but they took the guy that was projected in their range, and you waited a long time before the others were picked. It seemed to be a big gap there, even though Nolan Smith, weird fall, and probably not a fall that the rest of the NFL wants with him going to Philly. But then you look at the second round, one tight end taken in the first, tight end position is right there with Mayer, with Washington, with Musgrave, with Laporta, maybe Laporta in the third round options. And and then you see which wide receivers you like. Like the, there are some, they're not, I don't think going to be phenomenal, but there seem to be some, some pretty good second round wide receivers that are projected in that area. 877-867-1670. Twitter question at Ben Z. Kenny. Packers fans, are you happy with Lucas Van Ness? 73.4% say they are. 26% say they're angry. Green Bay passed on Smith and Jigba. It's the nature, it's it's beautiful. The NFL's smart. It's the nature of a four-hour Friday sports talk radio show after a certain NFL team selects one player in a draft where they have eight selections. It's beautiful. The NFL has a way of, of dominating in this way. 877-867-1670. We'll hear from Brian Gutekunst in a couple minutes. Let's go to the phones, though. Line one. Hello, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Hi, this is Russ from Green Bay. Russ, um, what's up, man? I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more about the pick. That in the way the draft fell, it fell perfectly for the Packers because both the guys that everybody was talking about were sitting there. and Obviously, they felt that Van Ness was a better value, and at some point we have to trust the brain trust there, in my opinion. Um, and to say that the Packers don't have any weapons with all the young receivers from last year, I don't know how true that is just because they didn't do anything with Rodgers. But if you really look at it, Rodgers did not play very well last year. Well, they have Aaron really Jones, too. Aaron Jones needs to be included in this. If, if we really want the Packers to play to their strength, then I think Aaron Jones should lead the team in total yardage and probably touches on offense. So when we talk about weapons, yeah, they, they objectively need help at tight end and a good weapon there. They likely need they need receiver depth. They don't have enough bodies. But also, it'd be great if they got another good receiver. They have a great running back, and that's part of it. Yeah, I hope I hope they grab a tight end with one of those second round picks because I agree that one of the one half decent tight end will be available for them, and that that seems to be a key to to this offense is to having a good tight end, and they just haven't really utilized that position very Ooh. much. Last year was not good. Not good. But and that's they awesome. Can grab a, a tight, Go ahead. They can grab a tight end and a receiver in the second round or sometime today. I think I think that's a, a winning draft for them. I'm in. I'm in. You know what else is great, Russ? I haven't mentioned this today yet. Guess who hated the Packers selection of Lucas Van Ness? Guess who gave it a, a terrible, terrible review? I'm, I didn't watch ESPN, so I'm going to probably say Kuiper. <laughs> it is spot on. Mel Kuiper. Uh, said, a reach. Green Bay didn't take any of the wide receivers and any of the tight ends. A six foot five, two 272 edge rusher. Why not help out Jordan Love? Van Ness is number 27 on my board. So on and so forth. Will McDonald's higher than him? Don't love this one. 
If there's anything that tells you it's a great pick, Kuiper hates it. That's all we need. Yeah. I'm just I'm just glad Njigba didn't fall to the Vikings. I guess I could say that. They got a receiver, but I think they had their eyes set, especially when the Packers passed out. I bet they were hoping that Njigba would fall to them. I saw a mock draft that had him projected to go there. Yeah, and they took a receiver. I, I'm happy about that. I, I must say, if I had to, like, I've planted my flag in Van Ness being good, doing that for a couple weeks. If I had to say one player from this draft that I don't buy into at all, it's exactly who they got. It's Jordan Addison. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's always a hit or miss with any draft, but, it you is. know, I, I trust the brain trust there. They, they get paid a lot of money to, for a reason, so to do a job. And I think if you look at their records, you know, other than last year, since they've done pretty well. So. Yep. Thanks, Russ. Appreciate it. Uh, the Packers' brain trust gets paid a lot of money to do what they do. I get paid not enough to talk about what they do, if you want to look at a comparison. But, yeah, I mean, it's there's hit or miss in every draft. It's undeniable. I don't mean to come into today with wide-sweeping conclusions based on the players, but I like to go through the process of what teams were thinking and why they did what they did. A terrific example of absolutely horrendous draft process. Let's look for a second at the division foe of the Packers, the Detroit Lions, who started the draft at number at number six, I believe they were. So the Texans were three. They traded down to 12 with the uh, Texans were 12. They traded up to get Will Anderson with the Cardinals. Cardinals were 12. They then trade up to six to get Paris Johnson, which I like a lot. The Detroit Lions could have had at six Jalen Carter. And then also at their later pick, which was 18, Nolan Smith and created a ferocious defensive line with Aiden Hutchinson. That's how you win football games. Instead, what did the Lions do? They traded down from number six to 12 to take the second best running back in the draft after they've already had a pretty full running back room and likely have holes elsewhere uh, to add a cherry on top to selecting a running back 12th with a team that probably doesn't need a running back more than other positions. What did they take at 18? Oh, they took an inside linebacker from Iowa, who I fine player, fun player. Like he's a classic Iowa linebacker. But if you want to see the biggest difference in the world between a successful organization, that is the Philadelphia Eagles who ended the draft with Jalen Carter, arguably the best player in the entire draft, and Nolan Smith, a consensus top 15 player who went 30. They ended with those two guys. And the Detroit Lions ended with a running back and an inside linebacker. Like when you talk, take away the players, take away how good they're going to be. You want to talk draft processes? You want to talk which teams are the best run and why the Cardinals pick near the top of the draft every year or why the Texans stink? Look no further than that. Look no further than the good organizations beefing up on valuable positions with valuable picks defensive line, which I'll, I'll add for Van Ness, or offensive line for, for teams that need it. And then uh, even the Seahawks. The Seahawks at five got the best corner in the draft in Devin Witherspoon, and then at 20, they got Smith and Jigba. And he doesn't need to be that much. They have they have DK and Tyler Lockett, but to grab Devin Witherspoon and add him to that, that secondary that's been incredible, good draft for the Seahawks. 
Uh, it's just, it's clear as day which teams are well run and, and which aren't when you look at how they approach the draft. Sometimes players miss, sometimes they hit. And that's just, that's the lottery you play in general. But those are some of my bigger takeaways from, from last night. 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phones. Line one, you're in the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? Hey, ben, it's Mike. Mike. What's up? Hey, Mike? listen, I'm happy for your team, for the Eagles, and I'm glad I'm not a Bears fan because uh, as much as Justin Fields needed that help, I'm going to tell you the Bears, the Eagles capitalized on the ignorance of the Chicago Bears because here's the deal. The Bears need offensive line help, but they also need defensive line help. Jalen Carter is a once in a 20 year player. He could very well be, um, you know, an empty white. Okay. Uh, that, that stature. And the Eagles capitalized on the, the ignorance of the Chicago Bears because as much as Justin Fields needs protection, I see that he does. I'm not a Bears fan. I'm, I'm, I'm an NFL fan. I'm speculating. I'm looking at the whole picture. But when you see Jalen Carter sitting there and you don't grab him, the Bears could have grabbed. They got two second rounds in the third round. They could have got an offensive lineman there. They got Braxton Jones in the fifth round last year, and he's their starting left tackle. Yep. So, so to me, when you don't grab Jalen Carter, a man of his stature that's sitting there, that's a generational player, these guys don't come around that often. Um, I think that it's not – I'm not putting the Eagles down. The Eagle Eagles capitalize on the Bears' ignorance. As far as the Packers' pick goes, I kind of think – they did the same thing as the Bears. Yes, they got a very good player. I think the Bears got a good offensive lineman with the, who they selected from Tennessee. But the Packers got a really good outside linebacker slash defensive end from Iowa. But where do they really need the help immediately? Okay, so they got Rashawn Gary. I argue, Mike, I argue that where they needed help immediately is right where they drafted the player. They had one of the worst defensive lines in football last year and – lost players off of that defensive line. They lost somewhat average to below average players off the line, but their depth up there stinks, and I don't think they have enough talent there. I agree, but would you not say that Jordan Love stepping into the footsteps of Aaron Rodgers is going to have a huge expectation and huge hole to fill, yep. and you need to give him the help of either, you know, they didn't get the tight end, they didn't get the wide receiver. They never draft them in the first round. Gutekinds didn't do it the last two years for Rodgers when he needed help in those areas. And I got to say that Rodgers was good, is more of a playmaker than, than Jordan Love at this point. Sure, so, but, I mean, but Mike, let's look at the second round. They have two picks, 11th and 14th in the second round. Almost correct. all of the tight ends are still on the board. So what's the difference between taking the same tight end in the second and in the first? It's probably better because you get a better player in the first round. And it's an right. okay class of second-round receivers. And, and if anything... It's not as if Jackson Smith and Jigba was people were fawning over him to take him top ten. He fell to twenty. He did, but there were a lot of other good players in front of him. There were needs that other teams had, but then in Jigba, like Jack Campbell, one of my Jack Campbell's good. The Lions took an inside linebacker and a running back in the teens. I'm aware of that. Yeah, I know, but it's crazy. You don't know why teams are doing what they're doing, but I'm uh, kudos to your Eagles though. They, they did really good in the draft and I'm just glad I'm not a bears fan, but I'm just saying the Packers, they don't, they, they got Christian Watson in the second round. So hopefully they're going to do the same thing. We'll see what happens today, but thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Thanks Mike. As always eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. They need weapons. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but you can go throughout history. A, a lot of, effective draft picks have been used 
in the mid-rounds in Green Bay to find good weapons. Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, Watson and Dobbs from last year. They don't all hit, but the Packers do have a lot more picks even coming up where they could take a lot of shots. They could take two tight ends and two wide receivers and come out of the draft with them. So I've, I have no doubts that they will get players around Jordan Love. I'm just okay with them not doing it in the first round because by all accounts, this draft didn't have those players. Now, would I be hyping myself up on Smith and Jigba if they took him? Absolutely. That, that's the nature of talk radio the day after your team takes a player. But I, I wanted Van Ness from the start, and, and I think it's a perfect fit. 877-867-1670. Uh, real quick, let's go back to the phones. Line two. Hello, you're on the Bill Michael Show. Hey, Bram, it's Paul. Paul, uh, for the second time today. For the what a surprise today, to hear your voice. To, yeah, I, I got to disagree with Sasquatch Mike again, even though I like his takes. I got to say, um, he keeps saying, you know, negative stuff about bears this, bears that. And he's, I, I said this. Oh, this he came out the, the bears in your butt heard about it. No, 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 not at all. I'm. That's not it. What I'm saying is offensive line and defensive line are everything. That's where everything starts. It doesn't matter if you have a great quarterback. If he's running for his life all the time, it doesn't matter. Conversely, if you have a great defensive line, it helps a weak secondary, right? Because they're getting pressure on the quarterback. He doesn't have time to make decisions. Correct. So, so uh, Paris, Paris uh, Johnson. Johnson, I think he was possibly the number one choice for the Bears. Um, I don't think they were ever going to go with um, who, who the Eagles picked there. Jalen but, Carter. And by the way, yeah, by the way, side note, is it the Georgia Eagles now? I, I mean, it's not a bad strategy to look at the best defense in college football history and take uh, Jordan Davis, their starting defensive lineman, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, and then also Nicobe Dean off that defense. It's not I'm a not bad gonna- strategy. I'm not going to argue with that, but it doesn't always translate to the pros is all I'm saying. But my point was going to be, I'm, they, they settled on um, their, their tackle from Tennessee. They settled on him yeah, pretty early. He, he, they gave him every, like, they worked his, I, I just read an article after I talked to Ebo and those guys this morning. I read an article on why they picked him. And he's, he's violent, he's nasty, he's long, he's got long arms. They need the, like, and they got Braxton Jones, right? So now they have two tackles. They can interchange them. They can put whichever one on each side. Doesn't matter. I don't. I don't have a problem. I also would have had a problem with the Bears taking in Jigba. Yeah, I got you, man. Uh, thank you. I have to run here. Late for a break. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Appreciate it. Uh, reacting to the first round of the NFL draft, Packers take. Lucas Van Ness, uh, defensive lineman from Iowa. We'll get back to the phones when we come back. Still have people on hold. And uh, I want to hear from Brian Gutekinst a little bit. He spoke about the comparison between Van Ness and Rashawn Gary. He spoke about Van Ness being able to do more than just play off the edge. I want to get into that discussion. And then the Packers at 13 and the wide receivers and why they picked Van Ness over some of the other weapons there. We will touch on all that. Get back to the phones. It's Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels. 
covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in Bill Michaels show. Ben Kenny in for Bill on this fine Friday, taking you up until two o'clock coming up in about an hour. Mike Clemens will join us and take us the rest of the way uh, into the weekend. Talking about last night, Mike was up there in green Bay rubbing elbows with the GM himself. They talked with Lucas Van Ness. They spoke with Brian Gutekunst as well. So looking forward to that. That's coming up in about an hour Twitter question at Ben Z Kenny. Packer fans, are you happy with the Lucas Van Ness pick? 74% are on board with it. 26% are still angry that Green Bay passed on Jackson Smith in Jigba. So I, we'll get back to the phone calls here in a second. 877-867-1670, your reaction. Looking ahead to round two coming up tonight, targets. If you are unhappy with the Van Ness pick, what would the Packers have to do in the first round to Make those feelings go away. Make you feel good about the draft. We we can get into that as well. Uh, I wanted to hit on some some of the comments Brian Gudikins made last night, talking about Lucas Van Ness and how he is similar. We've drawn this comparison a lot since the pick, and with maybe the raw nature coming from a Big Ten program, how Lucas Van Ness is similar to Rashawn Gary. Maybe he could take that jump. Yeah, they're a little bit different player, a little bit different body type. Um, their their measurables do do add up pretty pretty similarly though. But um, uh, he's had a little bit more probably exposure inside rushing than Rashawn did coming out, you know. Um, but uh, but they're both big, fast, long, powerful athletes, and um, you know I think they'll they'll complement each other well along with Preston and and JJ from last year and some of the guys we have. I think it's going to be a nice group. I think that's a piece, generally speaking. When he talks of Van Ness, like similar-ish athletic profiles, but and this next cut refers to this as well. When you say he's an edge rusher, that can mean a lot of things. Nolan Smith is is a freak athlete who's crazy fast. He's a Hassan Reddick type player, far different from Van Ness, who's 272 pounds. He has the size to be versatile enough to move inside. Where if you have great players on your defensive line and some of them are good enough to go inside and out. And I, I hate to compare him to J.J. Watt because it sets an unfair bar, but J.J. Watt spent most of his time on the edge, but he could also kick inside and be there in the middle. That's the type of player he could be, which means if you have another great edge rusher, if you have, let's say, Preston Smith and Gary together, okay, and they're healthy, you can move Van Ness inside, put all of them on the field maybe. Uh, or if you're great on the defensive tackle, you move him back outside. It's an invaluable piece of this where he isn't pigeonholed to one position. And depth is important. They weren't deep enough there. Looking into the future, we don't know Preston Smith, how long he'll be in Green Bay. Uh, so Gudikin's talking about whether Van Ness will just be an edge rusher or will they use him inside. Uh, I think it's important. Here's what he had to say. Absolutely. I think he's going to – he's a very versatile player. Obviously, that's very important to us. Um you know, I think obviously he's a different player than Z was, but he, I think he's going to be able to do a lot of the same things as far as, you know, we used to move Z inside and rush him. And, um, you know, I think he's his, his best football is ahead of him. Uh, but he's going to, he is a guy that's going to be able to move inside and out. Z is in Zadarius Smith there, where in 2021 they moved him inside a bit. 
I, I honestly think Van Ness is better suited to move inside than, than Zadarius Smith was. And I would have to look at the exact measurables, but uh, as, as a run stopper and it, it's, it's an Iowa thing. It's just like those kids come into the NFL and they, those are their skills and you know, they're going to deliver in that way. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. It's just, it's a very Packers pick. The first reaction aside from whether you wanted a different player, I saw a bunch of national reactions where they just said, you know what? That's a Packers pick. This makes so much sense. That's how they approach it. And that is what it is. I guess it's a good thing they have one of these guys in the draft that was there around 13. 877-867-1670, line one. Hello, you're on the Bill Michael Show. Hello. Hello? Yeah. What's going on, oh, man? Uh, the Van Ness pick is great. I think it's a great pickup for the Packers. He's and to the people that are saying he's didn't start or anything, obviously they've never watched Iowa football. Which might be a good thing. Let's let's clarify that. <laughs> I watched every snap of Iowa football last year, and while I have I've learned a lot from it, it is it has uh, probably improved me as a person. I, some would argue it's wasted time. We, don't, we didn't need to go there. I'm an Iowa fan. We don't need to go well, there. I figured. I, I figured. Listen, listen, I love watching their defense play. I, I'm a Badger fan, and they kicked the Badgers' ass because of the defense. But I, I took a lot of joy watching that offense try to move forward. Hey, don't worry. This year, we're coming. I I, I actually agree, which is frightening. And, 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 then, by, uh, and, and by getting better, I mean they might average more than nine points a game. On offense. Nah, we're going to average like 21. <laughs> so that Ferentz gets fired, <laughs> but they still win? Yep. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So you're an Iowa but Packers nah, fan? No, I'm not, I, I'm not a Packer fan. No. Uh, I, I just like NFL. I love the NFL draft. Gotcha. So I like talking about it. And, hey, don't hate on the Jack Campbell pick either. I mean. That's going to be good. <laughs> Listen, he's a tackling machine. Sure. I love him as a player, but he's an inside linebacker, which has been really, really devalued over the years. Like, what's the difference between uh, Jack Campbell and any of the other inside linebackers you could find on the street? I don't know, but I think he's going to play middle linebacker, I believe. Yeah, for for Detroit. I, I mean, he's a Dan Campbell player. I, I'm more okay with that than I am them taking a running back. That was odd. That's why. I mean, uh, I heard because I think the I heard the Patriots were going to try to go after Gibbs, and that's why the Lions went with him. Hmm. The Patriots traded down from 14, uh, and appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you. The Patriots traded down from 14 immediately after the Packers took Van Ness, which somewhat signals to me that Van Ness was high on their board and, and he was a priority for them. Which, I mean, he kind of looks like a, a patriot, right? Like he looks like a guy that would fit there. So if the Patriots were all over him, it tells me the Packers did something right. And, and that's if that is true. It's impossible to say unless I, I could text Mr. Belichick or his dog and get the information that way. 877-867-1670. But yeah, weird, weird draft for the Lions last night in division. With a couple firsts, they trade down. They take a running back and an inside linebacker. I would have gone about it a different way to help my team in the long run. 
because the the NFC North is somewhat there for the taking. Uh, and the Bears are still building. They take Darnell Wright, offensive tackle. I'm fine with that. I, I like it. You have to protect fields. That that has to be priority number one. And then the Vikings take Jordan Addison. And, and, and the Vikings are stuck. They're stuck with Cousins. They're stuck with their aging roster. They might cut Dalvin Cook. I don't love Addison in general, but they're they're in a really weird place. I want to wait until the rest of the draft concludes until I say this, but yeah, the Lions project to be pretty good next year. I don't think the Packers are as close to the basement as, as people might think, given the rest of the teams there. I, I think they're better than the Bears, and we have no idea what regression the Vikings will have after that weird year last year and uh, after a weird start to their draft. But we'll see. Big night tonight in terms of Packers getting weapons, in terms of draft storylines really being ironed out. When you take one player in the first round, it's hard to finish a a draft grade. It's hard to finish an entire projection and, and review of the draft. For teams like the Eagles and the Seahawks that had two picks and seemingly got two solid players, then I, I think it's it's pretty clear that those teams are going to like their hauls from the draft. Probably the Cardinals as well, trading back from three, getting a, a crazy amount of picks to build for the future, and then grabbing Paris Johnson. But getting one player, it's about what you do next. I, I always say this. When the Bucks and I guess God rest their souls in, in the playoffs, when they lost game one, okay, how do you respond? Are you a championship team? And they looked like it in game two and then proceeded to fail to respond and choke away the rest of the series. But if you're Brian Gudikins, then you set up the rest of the draft with Van Ness. What's the next plan? What's your next play? How do you respond to that? Because if, if you're going to go defense in the first round and you have an offense with holes, that has to be the next direction they go. And I would, I, I'm putting a lot of my reputation on Van Ness turning out to be a good player, which Obviously, there's a chance he doesn't, and I hope he does. But I would bet my entire job and livelihood on the Packers taking a tight end in the second round and a wide receiver in either the second or third. It's going to be addressed. The picks are there. The weapons are there. It's just a matter of time. Uh, And then hopefully Monday comes. And Monday, we're all jazzed up about what the Packers got from round one to round seven. 877-867-1670. It's it's Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels. That's how you get a hold of the program at Ben Z Kenny on Twitter. If you want to chime in there, got a Twitter question up, you could chime in on. So a lot more to get to. We'll return to some of Brian Gudikin's comments when we come back. Mike Clemens joining us in the one o'clock hour to recap last night. I also I I want to talk some Brewers, if I may, on this NFL draft reaction day. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout are coming to town, and I it sucks we're not going to see Otani pitch. But uh, coming up in the 1 o'clock hour, before we get Clemens on, we'll talk some Brewers baseball. Preview the weekend. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny in for Bill. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael's show, Ben Kenny hanging out with you till two o'clock. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. That's how you get a hold of the program. Reacting to night one of the NFL draft, Bill's going to be back on Monday to 
uh, recap it all, Packers entire haul, all the storylines to come out of day two, day three, and then also last night uh, of the NFL draft. I have a telling Brian Gudikins clip that I'm going to play in a second that I think matters that he goes and says this publicly and does what he did in the draft last night. I'll get to that in a second, but I do want to pose the question. There was a lot from the draft, the broadcast itself, that was irritating. What was the worst thing you saw last night while watching the draft? Whether it was ESPN, NFL Network. We were on air here. I had ESPN on in the studio. I didn't have sound, which I I guess was good, maybe. I love love hearing Kuyper and whoever else break down the tape when players are selected. But a lot of the other, a lot of the pageantry of round one of the NFL draft, I'm just generally out on. The worst thing I saw last night by far was Dude Perfect completely ruining the Nolan Smith pick. Just coming up there to do their little flipping of the coin to promote NFL Sunday ticket on ESPN. Grossly unnecessary. It was infuriating to listen to. And I could do without them generally. I could do without them in an NFL draft broadcast. By far the worst thing I saw last night. But there are a lot of there are a lot of things that could be brought up along those lines. Whether it's that they have a new little photo booth as guys get to the podium, just drawing it out more and more and more. Um, congrats to Kansas City. You held the draft after you won the Super Bowl. Obviously, a lot of parading the Lombardi around, which was a bit irritating, I must note. But nothing top dude perfect to me. Uh, what was the worst thing you saw last night while watching the draft? Eight seven seven eight six seven. 1670. Brian Gutekinst was asked, the Packers have invested 11 of their last 12 first round picks, including this year, two of them last year in defense. Now, a lot of the picks have been in the, in the late twenties because the Packers have been quite good. They've gone to a lot of NFC title games. As we know, some of them are corners. Some of them like Eric Stokes. I think Eric Stokes was, is a really good player. Injuries suck. Sometimes injuries play a role, but a lot of draft capital invested in defense. So Gudikins was asked, with everything you've put into it and free agency, how high are your expectations? Yeah, like I was saying earlier, we have high expectations for that group. Um, you know, and I think, uh, you know, obviously Rashawn's coming off an injury, and um, but we have some young players that are really coming into their own. I mean, I think we're all excited to see what Quay can do. You know, Devondre Campbell, um, you know, we've had Jaws been, you know, playing at a premier level for a long time. So, um, you know, Eric Stokes is going to be coming off an injury too. So getting all those guys back and really letting them go, I think we're, I think we're, we have very high expectations. Um, they're a good group of guys, but, you know, there's so much work to be done between now and, and in games. Um, but, um, yeah, there's, there's definitely high expectations. But, um, I mean, that's, you know, we wouldn't have it any other way. You know what he's doing there? Hey, Gudikins, how, how high are your expectations? You poured everything into defense. And last year, for a variety of reasons, one of them the defensive coordinator, the defense didn't completely suck. It wasn't the worst thing we've ever seen, but it was pretty bad. It was not nearly as good as the talent level suggested it should be. Now we enter this year with another first-round pick there. He's going to set the expectations as high as he possibly can because anything below them, any slip-up from the defense, goodbye Joe Barry. That's the starting point. Now, if Matt LaFleur wanted continuity and wanted to keep Joe Barry around, then 
Maybe Matt LaFleur is completely tied to him. I don't know what that looks like. That depends on what the offense does. It depends on Love's development. It depends on what looks different this year to last year in terms of of game plan, in terms of efficiency, in terms of points. But Brian Gudikins is going to invest in the defense. And if he adds more talent and it continues to underwhelm, and he publicly says the expectations are as high as they'll ever be with, with everything we put into it, Joe Barry's on notice. He's putting Joe Barry on notice by saying that. Not that Barry wasn't on notice previously because of last year's performance, but with all of the language we've heard and Matt LaFleur loving the continuity that bringing a DC back brings to the overall team and into the locker room, Brian Gudikins is going to put the DC on notice and take away the dynamic of, of the DC last year and how poorly everything went. Okay, I, I love the pick. I love helping out the defense. But there is a certain point where you put all that talent out there. They, you got to figure it out. You got to figure out a way to get them to, to play well enough to win games for this team. Because you're going to have to win games different ways this year. And, I, I mean, last year they went 8-9. and nine. So you're going to have to find ways to win games, period. And it's not as if last year Aaron Rodgers was lighting the world on fire and the defense gave up 400 points, uh, 400 yards and, and 40 points a game. It's like, no, the offense fell really short too, especially in the red zone and in, in th- on third down in big situations. So both units are on notice, but there is a certain defensive coordinator that I, I think will be put under the microscope even more so this year. 877-867-1670. Reacting to the NFL draft. Let's go back to the phones. Line one. Hello, you're on the Bill Michael Show. Yeah, hi. My biggest annoyance last night with watching oh, the yes. draft was when they when they decided to interview the Jonas brothers right after the Packers pick, and they talked more about those guys than they did about the pick that they got. What what channel were you watching? I missed that. ABC. Oh, God, they brought the Jonas Brothers up there and didn't talk yeah. about Lucas Van Ness on special teams? They had they interviewed all three of them on air, live, and Desmond Howard and the other two guys were there, and they were asking them, instead of talking about the pick, the pick had just come in, they brought those guys in after the advertisement, and they interviewed those guys for like five to seven minutes, and they didn't even talk about the latest pick that the Packers just did. Finally, they spent about two minutes showing his highlights, and then they just moved right on to the next team that picked. And I was very... Oh, gosh. I can't say it on the air, but I was upset with the way they handled that. Interviewing the Jonas Brothers, really, during the draft? I missed that, man. That might be worse than Dude Perfect. On the hierarchy of groups I don't need in my life, I think the Jonas Brothers ranks higher than Dude Perfect. I don't know what they could be thinking. I I, I was totally turned (laughs) off of that. I got you, man. Thank you. Do you like the Van Ness pick? Are you in on the I plan? Do. Yep. Yeah, right. and I, I like the way you described it here. I was driving down the road, and I like the way you described it, though. At first, I wasn't in on it, but th- listening to you and talking about how he can play inside and outside, I've changed my opinion on that, and I think it was a heck of a good pick. Oh, thank you. No, I appreciate that, man. Thanks for the call. 877-867-1670. That's a sense I'm getting, generally speaking. Last night, as soon as the pick happened, which you would expect – when a wide receiver is not selected and there is one on the board, there was a lot of angry comments, a lot of uh, angry discussion during the draft show. 
in regards to, oh, you took a defensive lineman from Iowa. It's a wide receiver. Love weapons. It was just over and over and over again. And as time has gone on, and even with some people, in, I, I think, that comment on the Packers professionally, maybe didn't love it at first, I really think as time has gone on, it makes sense. The pick makes sense. The process makes sense. I just, it doesn't mean automatically he's going to be incredible, right? So the result might not equal what the process to draft him was, but I think people are coming around. The Twitter poll up right now at Ben Z. Kenny, 73%, 600 votes in. People are happy with Lucas Van Ness. 27% are angry they passed on JSN. I would have thought it was flipped around the other way when I came into work today. I thought we were going to get a lot of why didn't they take the receiver calls. At the start of the show, we did. There were a couple, but I've I, 11 of the calls so far in favor of the pick, three of them in favor of Jackson Smith and Jigba. But also, it's it's Friday. There's been one round, and there are more picks to go. So that's it's all part of it. But it's good to know that people are coming around on, I mean, there's a lot of the offseason left, and there are a lot of additions to be made and moves, ways to bolster the team after June 1st and different cutdowns. I think Brian Gutekinds has had an awesome offseason so far. I want to talk about that a bit when we come back. Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels. Got Mike Clemens coming up at 120. Talk some some Brewers, some Shohei Otani, Mike Trout coming to Milwaukee after the top of the hour. Can take your calls on the draft as well. 877-867-1670. We'll be right back. It's the Bill Michael Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michaels show. We're back. Ben Kenny with you today. Mike Clemens coming up in about 25 minutes. Recapping the draft from Green Bay last night. What did he think of the pick? What did he think of Brian Gutekinds' press conference? Mike's first impression of talking with with Van Ness. That is all coming up. Looking forward to it. Uh, Mike also broke the story last night, and I guess we will touch on it coming up at 120. That uh, Lucas Van Ness just happens to be uh, dating the sister of Bears tight end Cole Komet. I'm not going to issue many further comments. I don't have opinions on it, but that is a piece of information that is part of part of the whole pie. Uh, if he is lined up across from Komet, interested to see how that how the matchup goes. If I were the Bears, I wouldn't try to block the kid with a tight end. But that's a I, I don't know if it's a it's a real storyline, but it. It is a storyline nonetheless. 877-867-1670. I have about a minute here. Let's go to the phones. Line one. Hello, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Mr. Ben Kenny, victory lap day. Love it. What's uh, up, buddy? Just wanted to outline uh, two reasons, and I think you've done a nice job of kind of setting the tone for this, but our defensive end room has a bunch of veterans. We need some young blood in it. Our receiver room has a bunch of guys off their rookie year that needs a veteran. So if you're going to solve the problem of both needs, they need to draft one wide receiver, hopefully in the second, and then they need to get a veteran in there in free agency. And, you know, in terms of the defensive end room, you needed young blood there. You got 31-year-old Preston Smith and the dude coming off his ACL. That's like the second or third most 
important position in the league. So absolutely love the pick. A lot of nerds out there thinking that real life is fantasy football, wanting Jackson Smith and Jigba. We already got a bunch of rookies on the, you know, receivers on the rookie deal, and I'm excited about Watson. So excited. Can't wait. It's not even the the defensive end room for me. It's the whole D-line. It stunk last year. It's bad. And, and I think we... though, played nine games and had six sacks. So he was on pace for his best year ever. Yes. Um, I'm excited to see that room come together. Hey, and I'm excited to see this defensive coordinator with all his talent put it together because <laughs> defense did bail him out. I am obviously conductor of the Joe Barry hype train, so I will maintain that position <laughs> for now. Uh, and it couldn't be a better day for, for the folks that are on the train with me. Um, it's still pretty lonely, though. They so, bailed him out wait. down the stretch of the year. I'll say this. This is not a prediction. It, it's merely a hypothetical. What if the defense is amazing next year? What if, what if Joe Barry so is just... Going. What if Joe Barry pushes every right button? What if? It's possible. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they're great. Things look different. I, I will be coming for the Wisconsin sports talk world with a vengeance if that happens. Right, I got on this train early, and I'm not getting off. Yeah, for that reason, I'm out on that happening. Thank you, Johnny, as always. <laughs> All right, later. See ya. Joe Barry. I like. Okay, I don't like him. I don't like him as a DC, but just think of what if the defense is good? There's a chance. All right, we'll reset when we come back. Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels.